even the smallest person can change the course of the future. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am your host for the moment. Should you decide to not change the channel, not click next, and engage with me here today. My name's Random Randy. Welcome to Red Thread Podcast. A podcast where a random essence of the fractal nature of reality myself comes into contact with many of the challenges, trials, tribulations of the life in this world. Those encounters are recorded for posterity and extended to you all out there. Why, you might ask? Why does this man extend himself to others he's never met? Is he crazy? Has he lost his mind? What does he mean, seeing UFOs? What could he possibly be talking about? Engaged in blissful experiences while sitting doing absolutely nothing? Madness! Absolute madness! Well, to all you naysayers out there, madness is the name of this game, and if you haven't figured that out by now, you're a clown too. So that being said, we're going to jump into an episode where I talk metaphysical with my buddy Matthew Smith over at dreamdesignbuild.org. He's also got his YouTube channel up, and I'll leave all of the links to all of that in the episode description for you all. He's beginning to do a nice dig into the old world. And as many of us dig into these times of yore, we begin to uncover ourselves. We begin to uncover things about our true nature. We begin to uncover things that we feel better left in the past. And then we begin to uncover the means to bury that which we do not see fit to carry anymore with us and to continue digging up that which we need to know to further ourselves. So welcome one, welcome all. On this journey of life, I extend you all my greatest love, gratitude for tuning in, for staying with the conversation. If you've just joined me or if you've been with me for the better part of a year, thank you. And by all means, go check out the YouTube channel with bunches and bunches of random thoughts. I've even got some information on how to start digging up your own random thoughts. Of course, we start with what's given to us, what's handed to us. And although some of you might see the information that's handed as a red flag, like, wait a minute, if this information is available to us, then it must not be valid. Well, I'm here to tell you, the vast majority of it is absolutely not valid in the material sense. But underneath all that, underneath all that, 
As your journey progresses, there's more. Whether you're reading a book like War of the Worlds, the Quran, the Bible, the Torah, really doesn't make too much of a difference once you begin on the journey of love and understanding, introspection, that sort of thing, all that woo-woo stuff. Things begin to unfold beautifully. You begin to see the blueprint for everything around us and understand that it is a blueprint of love. Thanks for joining me. And so we're going to speak with Matthew Smith today. We're going to get into, uh, like I said, some metaphysical. So if woo-woo ain't your thing, uh, you might want to find another episode. This is something I'm going to be trying to dig into a little bit further, um, I guess, from here on out, within reason. Uh, you know, those of you that are in the know of spiritual alchemy and the great work, etc., uh, might understand that there is a doctrine that's like, basically, you're supposed to be quiet about this stuff once you start to figure it out. I say hogwash. Bullpucky. So I'm going to do my best to extend it to everybody out there. Um, one understanding that I've come to recently is it's okay to extend this stuff because not everybody is going to have the ears to hear. So thank you those who have the ears to hear and are listening much love. Godspeed on your journey. And we're going to jump right into the episode. All right. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It's me, Random Randy, and I'm here with Matthew Smith. Uh, and he's uh, a gentleman that I met through through other Matt at the Great Deception. And uh, M- Matthew is a architect who's familiar with sacred geometry and has uh you know dabbled in the the metaphysical a bit, so I'm excited to speak with him here today. Welcome, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Nice to be here with you. Absolutely, dude. I appreciate you coming on. Um, you're gonna be the first of a of a new year, and um, you know I'm yeah, I'm eager to year. see what this year. Thank you. Happy New Year to you too. Um, it was so difficult to resist. Uh, you know this being New Year's Day, it was difficult to resist yesterday. The the joke, you know, the the really ridiculously stupid <laughs> joke uh, see you next year <laughs> you know that everyone was saying yesterday at the end of work but i couldn't resist man i had to throw it at about a half a dozen people at least before i left work and i'll tell you i got <laughs> i got a real kick out of being that idiot that said that to everybody you know but it was it was oh a lot God, of fun man it was a lot of fun <laughs> so yes happy new year and happy new year to everybody out there um you know i was really uh Thrilled, actually, to be quite honest with how last year turned out, you know, compared to the year before. Um, but I think, uh, of course, it is it is what we make it right. Um, was never a big fan of it is what it is. But, uh, you know, when you're in the moment, it makes sense. But uh, but anyway, so you've got you here and there's some kind of uh, metaphysical things that like I was explaining to you before that, like, you know, the. The viewers that are looking into the the history side of the stuff that I'm doing tend to drop off when I start talking about metaphysicals. So maybe we should dedicate, you know, an entire session to just that topic. Um, I know on the podcast side, I was getting quite a bit of good feedback on the metaphysical, spiritual sort of stuff, um, but it's not as big of a splash, I guess, on YouTube. And that's fine, you know, different venues for different people, and, and that's perfectly cool. 
Um, but, you know, I wanted to jump back into that being a new year. There's a, you know, a lot of, a lot of really interesting things happening in the world. And I'd love to get your, your opinions on some of these perspectives uh, when it comes to the kind of awakening side of things. Um, awakening is a term that's being thrown around quite a bit by quite a few different people with um, it seems like quite a few different agendas mm-hmm. and um, and which is, is really kind of, I don't know, uh, it can be disempowering, right? When it's framed uh, super pseudo spiritually, right? It's thrown in with, I mean, everything under the sun from aliens to, you know, to tarot, to um, self-talk, breathwork. I mean, you name it, all of these things are kind of jumping on this awakening bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that that's strategic, Matthew. You know, I got to be honest. I think that this thing, just like all other movements in humanity is uh essentially partially hijacked mm-hmm. and um and you know and, and i think that's why we see kind of a division between people looking for the truth of our reality and and then like the overall cosmic truth right so we're seeing like a, a divide happen even though this is a concept of unity right you're talking awakening you're talking spiritual unity all this sort of stuff but uh, you know we have we have parties being formed <laughs> you know, one going one way, one the other, uh, one going, well, um, ascension and awakening have to do with aliens only and not, you know, our physical or spiritual selves and so on and so forth. And it's crazy. Um, but anyway, I was looking uh, last week, I was looking into like this concept of of the nine. And, um, you know, in medieval times, you had the nine, the nine worthies, they were called. And they were basically like your your three different top saints for all three different areas of religion, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they they made up this epic team, you know, a, a justice league of spirituality, if you will, <laughs> and and that was the going story for you know hundreds of years in the medieval period. Mm-hmm. You, you had uh, amongst them would have been, oh geez, I, I forget off the top of my head, but I know Judas Maccabeus was one, um, and. and I mean, this is not that long ago, probably three or 400 years ago. Um, let's see if I can recall another. I can't off the top of my head, but it's fine. I got a YouTube video up on it. People want to go find out it's up there. Um, but what I see happen or what I have seen happen is, you know, over the last couple hundred years, we seem to have like a a shift in the way stories are being told. And I personally, I think these are the same stories or the same concepts kind of just being revised much like every movie that we've seen redone in the last 20 years, 30 years. Um, I think we're having a revisitation of a lot of topics and subjects um, that are working on a cycle, kind of similarly to if you look at the Vedic text, you hear of these yuga cycles. And these are very, very large cycles in our perspective of time anyway, 24,000 years, some of them. And um, so it's, it's a little bit hard to kind of grasp uh, from the human point of view, we're used to live in 80 years, maybe hundred. So we don't really understand the 24,000 year cycle, but what it seems to be is we're call it a reset. That's, that's a hot, you know, nomenclature for this, uh, is resetting knowledge and, uh, populations and et cetera concepts. Um, so what seems to be happening is we have this thing resetting and how is it reset is like, you start back in oh what was it the six was it the sixties Matthew when Gene Roddenberry come out with uh came out with um Star Trek was that back in the sixties or was that the seventies do you know I do believe it was the sixties 
Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, even back then is, is in my opinion, when we had this kind of shift beginning, maybe it was the forties with Roswell and the whole alien scenario kind of unfolding. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that that was a shift, Matthew, in our understanding of spiritual entities and, and like, you know, spiritual essence. I think there was a major shift there. And I think it was just, you know, a game of telephone, a new telling of the same story. And these nine fall into that. Um, It is said that in the 50s, one of the presidents met with these gray aliens and furthermore with a council of nine who was supposedly part of this galactic federation, right? So you see the shift in the story. If you look at it alongside the old tales of medieval times and saints and angels, mm-hmm. they're, they're nearly identical. They're, they're, um, the messages are really similar. Um, they kind of have to do with the alchemy of the soul and humanity's, uh, let's say, journey hero's journey of humanity as a whole right um moving towards enlightenment supposedly these entities are the ones that have gifted us uh you know a lot of information and technology and um you know so there's that there's that band right that that says nope they're all just lizard men and weird gray beings from other places um gifting us the spiritual knowledge right so that's the new concept the old concept is saints, angels, you know, Elohim, uh, et, et cetera, right? So I think we have the same thing, just different names. Mm-hmm. And we're in the middle of a transition, of a, mm-hmm. of a revi- revision of, of everything. But mm-hmm. it seems to me that it's the same story um, mm-hmm. that's going on. And it, it just it gets so weird when you're able to step back and see the process of it and see the pattern of alchemy that's happening here. And, you know, I was eager to get with you and really speak about the, this alchemy of the soul. Um, since you are also on your own journey, as is everybody out there, wh- whether they want to admit it to themselves or not, like we're all kind of on our own journey of spiritual growth. Um, I mean, but if you're an atheist and you don't believe in spiritual growth, hopefully you believe in progress, you know, within yourself anyway. I mean, (laughs) you know, you would hope so. It's it's a little bit of a of a drag if you're living without purpose. But anyway, so I just wanted to speak with you about a few of those things um, and kind of ask you, uh, you know, in, in a personal level, like where did where did your journey begin? Like, was it out? Was it out of high school? Did you realize there was more to this world or was it a little later on? Was there something that kind of kickstarted that for you? Um, boy, that's <clears throat> how long do we have? <laughs> oh, <laughs> we've got we've got a bit. We'll have to probably do uh, increments like 40 minutes and 40 minutes. I didn't upgrade, but right, uh, well, but, you know, yeah. Uh, so I'm just curious as to like what the jumping off point for you was and when it went from like strictly material, you know, because mm-hmm. I think we all have that moment in our past where it went from the rat race materialistic to wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe there's something more, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. Um, I mean, the, I've, I think I've kind of cycled through several like dark nights of the soul that brought me back to, you know, sort of more, uh, more in alignment with um, uh, natural uh, truths and, and uh, divine orientation. Um, I've, I've 
been pulled back into that alignment uh, repeatedly throughout my life. But the first time, I, I like you mentioned uh, earlier to me that you were raised Christian, and I, I was pretty devout myself, and you know, straight through until I went to college. Uh, you know, grew up on the East Coast, and um, you know, just went to the Catholic church with the family every Sunday and until I went off to college and, um, and then I found myself on my own and living in dorms, hanging out with, uh, it was a, a, a Jewish kid and a couple atheists and a Catholic boy. And I was the other Catholic boy. And we, <laughs> that and sounds, sounds like the beginning of a, run, a running joke there, right? Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> right. Um, and, uh, it was yeah definitely like a cosmic joke. Um, but we would stay up very late, you know, night after night and drinking and smoking pot. I was started smoking pot for the first time. I uh, thought I was going to hell there for a little while. You know, it was a lot of guilt tripping and, and we used to just debate and talk. And, and after a while, um, you know, I stopped talking and, and uh, really started listening. And it's interesting. And, and like life is, you know, paradoxical because at that time I was like, you know, I was very sort of dogmatic with the Catholic Christian viewpoint and the atheism uh, started to make more sense to me. Um, it seemed like there was more reason to believe or, or to doubt the existence of, you know, God or creator, or, you know, at least my own religion. Um, but at the same time, like I would, you know, and especially, you know, mixing the pot use into that, like I was just racked with guilt and fear and, 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 but I was at least able to identify that the guilt and fear was in me and it wasn't coming from the plan. It was coming sort of through the plan and it was, you know, waking that up in me um, or stirring it up in me. And, you know, long story short is two years later, two years into college, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I was adrift and I quit and I had a motorcycle that I bought with what was left over of my student loan Pell Grants and cost me 600 bucks. And I just took that. I was going to school in Virginia and I just took that and I headed, headed out into the hills. And, um, you know, I didn't look back. Um, I spent a year on the road and uh, had quite a, an experience in like just the exposure that that brought me. Um, you know, I made it all the way out to California, Pacific Ocean and you know, New Orleans from Mardi Gras and, you know, into the Southwest desert and like, you know, um, so that really, uh, for me, you know, and I, so I kind of like held on to these two things. On the one hand, I no longer subscribe to Christianity as, as such. And I considered myself an atheist. I told myself I'm, I'm an atheist, but on the other hand, like I had these awakening, awakening experiences, um, some of them had to do with, you know, taking taking LSD on the on the Pacific beach uh, or mm -hmm. or, um, you know, it was, uh, you know, Daytura, Jimson uh, weed. And, oh, and, wow. Uh, <laughs> I haven't met. I don't think I've really spoke with too many people that have uh, had the Datura uh, experience. I would just, yes. uh, extreme I would caution is what I would extend to people yeah, with that. I, learned a lot about it after the fact and i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm, I'm with that story, i'm with that yeah I, i'm with <laughs> you there uh, i had a, a similar thing i was really young uh stupidly young uh messing with that that particular plant um probably the most powerful substance i've ever come into contact with uh a little scary it's a little yeah. poisonous so you know people gotta it's a lot poisonous be careful yeah be careful there's a reason they feed it to goats and then drink the urine because it's that poisonous you yes, know <laughs> so yeah i don't recommend that to anybody just you know for for uh for the record folks out there you know read about it 
you know, <laughs> read about it, go something a little safer. It's a disassociative. So I was like, you know, I was sort of out of, out of whack for, you know, a day and a half. Um, yeah. Fortunately, you know, it, it, I look back on it fondly because I ended up having some pretty profound experiences, right. but um, you know, it was enough to show me that there's way more to the, to this mystery of life. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that's really what it comes down to. And like, you know, whatever modality, whatever, you know, path that you find yourself on um, when you come up against the ephemeral um, you know, when you, when you find yourself interacting with subtle energies, when you find yourself like, you know, feeling, having a feeling of being touched by angels, that sort of a thing, um, mm -hmm. you know, tune in, you know, absolutely. Was, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, when, when you're young and, and, uh, just in, indulging really, um, you know, the, the interaction with, as you call them, and I will second, you know, calling these, some of these subtle forces, angels, they are very angelic, mm -hmm. very profound, uh, incredible experience. And anybody out there that has had one of these experiences personally, will we'll understand what we're talking about. There's not probably not a whole lot of people out there that have, but the few out there will. And, um, that, that experience of, of being touched by an angel, it, it's not just a corny sitcom from the nineties, right? Like it's not a corny, you know, 9 PM on ABC sitcom, which I don't know if anyone out there remembers touched by an angel was a wonderful show, but it's not that <laughs> it's something very profound and, and very just life-changing. Um, personally, when, when I had the interactions like with, with the Tira, or as some people call it out there, hell's bells or angels trumpets mm -hmm. is, is the, the other names of this, this plant. Um, I was, uh, I was, not really sure what was going on at the time uh, because I was uh, essentially cast schizophrenic for a day for a day or so. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's really kind of the only way that I could put it, which is why it's not something you want to mess with. Um, I think that it, it can be, you know, used for beneficial or like spiritually profound purposes, but it's not, it's not a go-to by any means people. So you know, use caution with that, but it showed me, it showed me that there's a veil is, right. is, is the basic thing that it showed me. Um, you know, I would be standing, staring at a wall and I could see entities <clears throat> all around me. They're very comforting and reassuring. Um, always letting me know that they're there it was, it was the basic message that I got through that was we're always hearing yeah. uh, from these, these, and I called them my friends when I was in the experience because that's how they felt. Um, I don't know that they had faces. I don't know that they had names, you know, um, but when you're interacting with those subtle energies, they kind of have a signature um, or a feeling to them. And it, it's so crazy. But anyway, later on, as far as getting touched by angels, um, you know, I, I feel like in the last few years with all of the craziness and, and the lies and the deceit and the whole deception and show going on, um, I think it's given, well, it's given me an opportunity anyway, and a lot of other people to, to see just how silly and, and kind of just how much of only a story is going on around us. It's really just, it really is a play. I mean, you turn on the news and they speak about all the, every, all these other people in these situations as actors. So they're telling us out front, uh, you know, when you watch even mainstream media, you got your bad actors, good actors, other actors, right? So they're referring to people in the world as actors. 
Mm. And um, I find that interesting because, you know, if you would have asked me 10 years ago when I read like, um, like the Divine Comedy or, you know, uh, Dante's Inferno, uh, I would have not really made the connection between between the divine comedy and and the world we live in i was still kind of in a very reclusive uh some people call it like a black pilled state right i was i was aware of chemtrails and i was aware of these things going on um and uh i didn't like it not one bit you know what i mean but i hadn't got to the point where i didn't interacted with with these subtle forces yet and uh so it was scary, man. It was really scary uh, to to look up at the sky and go, "Wow, man, they're up there. Nobody's doing anything about this." Um, looking at it from what I've come to understand as like a very three D point of view, and, and this sits within some of the um, some of uh, I don't know the whole three D five D conversation is a little bit convoluted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when it's it's speaking about a lot of people have this idea that when we're talking about 3d 4d 5d earth um uh awakening levels right that that we're talking about an actual dimension uh like but it's it's more it's more an aspect i I guess you could say like um when you when you awaken to more than the 3d it, it just means in my opinion that you're stepping out above and beyond the fear right or or the um the, well, basically the modality of fear, uh, which which comes with a lot of conspiracy theories, a lot of uh, occult truths are kind of shrouded in this fear envelope, right? Um, you're kind of forced to see something through fear before you get to the love part, which is, it's kind of rough for a lot of people, you know, for myself included, went through a lot of years of fear, um, of uncertainty, uh, was a huge one. And just um, inaction is another thing that I struggled a lot with for a lot of years, you know, between my young years and, and relatively recently. And um, it, it just seemed that somewhere along the line, uh, I, I had gotten to a point where, you know, there was a decision to make and it was, all right, do I, do I stay afraid and indulgent? Right. Uh, or, or do I, move past this or like move, move beyond this. And, you know, to be quite honest, Matthew, it wasn't, it wasn't a decision I hundred percent made for myself. A lot of this decision had to do with others in my life that are dependent on me and things like this. Um, so, you know, I was partially doing this for them, doing the right thing for reasons outside of myself. Right. That's how it started out. And, um, which is a beautiful thing, you know, there's it's awesome to do things for others uh but you know ultimately you kind of kind of want to have a, not to to sound selfish but you want to be self-serving to a certain extent and and I just wasn't for a lot of my life um I guess I didn't have the the self-worth stuff kicking in just yet but um so so yeah uh, had another reason reason being uh, my son my beautiful son uh that was my reason for, all right, get it together, Randy. This this boy needs you, and you don't even know why he needs you, Randy. Like You don't even know the you that you're supposed to know yet to be able to teach him the things that he needs to be taught. Um, I didn't know that back then. I just knew I wasn't doing my part. So stepped up to the plate and you know been knocking him out relatively well ever since. But it takes that deciding, right, that decision or that intention. 
And I never understood what people were talking about when they're talking about, oh, meditate with intention or, you know, focus your intention. All these things just sounded like jargon to me for so many years. And I was like you, Matthew, I was a Christian who then flipped atheist because I realized there was holes in the dogma of Christianity. Um, but in my, in my atheism, I became curious. I became curious of what the other aspects are. What are these other people halfway across the world looking at for, for spiritual, you know, reconciliation and stuff? What's going on over there? Uh, why is it that we're fighting with these people in the Middle East over their ideology? What makes their ideology so different than, than Christianity and, and so on and so forth? So I start looking at all these different scenarios that people are invested in, like, emotionally physically spiritually invested in like it's crazy to see the extent people are going through or going to to legitimize their perception and push it on the world so i start looking at that and i start realizing wait a minute this story sounds familiar <laughs> you know you start looking at the japanese creation stories wow this sounds so familiar um you start looking at the native americans creation stories and and their idea that a well-taught, uh, you know, hermetic type of individual came and taught them, you know, spirituality. And this this takes place all all around the world. It's a very similar story. And I could, for the for the life of me, never understand why everybody's fighting about this. It just seemed to me that it was a lot of things with different names, but it was the same concept. And, and that's kind of like the stories we're being told today. They're like a revisitation of something previous. But they make them just different enough that we all are at each other's throats about it, you know, about, wait a minute, your prophet's name starts with this and mine starts with this. So we got to be enemies and kill each other, you know? And um, so, so that's part of the reason why I was like, well, I don't want to be a part of a, of a group or, or a religion that's basically committing genocide around the world. Like that doesn't sound great to me, you know? <laughs> So, um, you know, backed off, started taking a look at, at shamanism uh, and different lesser known, uh, I guess, ideologies like Zorath Zora Zoroastri anyway, Zoroaster. <laughs> so, Zoroastrianism. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so that's a low key one. And my favorite, I think, of all time, if I had to pick one, would be like Gnosticism. It's it's pretty straightforward. Um you know, it's it's about knowing or knowledge. And, uh, you know, it, it seems to be kind of the base of what a lot of others are. And um, it wasn't until very recently that I started looking into, you know, other, I guess you could call them uh, other tools like uh, so. So you have your you have your your scripture, which is which is a tool for study. Right. But then you have these other aspects of these religions, which are tools for like divination. So you have ritual and you have, um, you know, divination tools like the, the actual tools of the trade tarot cards, for example, or um, believe it or not, in Hebrew, the alphabet itself is a divination tool. So you have these different aspects. Um, I think that, you know, all these tools definitely have been taken away from the Western side of things i mean we have a weekly christian mass and that sort of thing um and you know you have hymns and um 
but these things are like ever changing and you know ever shifting or as if you look at like tarot and some of the older divination techniques they've stayed the same supposedly you know for for a very long time but um recently you know i was looking at at divination and and tarot cards and things like that and uh let's see here let's do this real quick i'm gonna pop in here and um something that i was that i was noticing is some of these meanings in the tarot cards they they line up with the hebrew alphabet and the meanings of the hebrew alphabet and you know i was never really too far into understanding what judaism or, or kabbalah or any of this is about as far as i knew kabbalah was something that madonna practiced that was <laughs> that was all i knew about it you know when you hear it on the news but um you start looking into these things and they they really kind of they line up with some of the understandings that i've been getting through my my esoteric research like the meaning of of aleph which is you know unity in the creator and you go further into the alphabet and you have duality, right? And so these aren't just letters like we've been taught in English. You know, we're taught, oh, A is A, ah, that's it, right? That's all we're told, the beginning. Um, but we're not taught the the aspects of, you know, of the coding of, of the spirituality that's embedded within language. So I think that's something that like we we definitely miss big time and especially English Western culture is when we see a word we see it at face value just what the meaning of the entire combination of those letters is right but if you start looking at some esoteric schools of thought or you know hidden for for the occult uh, however however you like you have just this comprehension of the underlying that is so profound and i never knew this stuff until like a few years ago when I started doing, you know, meditation and, and really just trying to understand better what the heck is going on here, why I'm here, you know, um, there had been several times in my younger life where I probably could have died and, um, and I'm still here. So to me, you know, it seems that there's a reason for that. And uh, let's see. And, uh, you know, so looking into to some of this esoteric stuff kind of has helped point me in that direction anyway um so the hebrew alphabet very fascinating i'm not sure if you've dug into any of the tarot or anything like that matthew it was something i used to laugh at you know i used to think it was just so ridiculous and uh so woo woo right and, and but i think that's that's part of like our training right like we're raised in this world where where this stuff is is not announced to us it's not you know we're not understood uh going through probably even university what the significance of you know our our past and spirituality actually is it's very separate in in today's world in the world of duality um and and you know if a lot of people look at it like it's uh like it's a bad thing right like and and i don't know like i've spoke with a couple of other people i think that maybe it's stockholm syndrome settling in after being in this world for so long i'm starting to to maybe um admire a little bit too much the the dynamic that's happening here um and just the growth because of my own personal growth and and the growth that i've seen in others and 
so it's kind of weird. So it's kind of difficult to to speak with people that maybe haven't hit that point in their path yet, where they're able to see the beauty beneath all the madness. And, uh, and I think that, that you're kind of stepping into that, that arena, Matthew, uh, especially if you know, you're, you're indulging or, or participating rather probably not indulge, but participating in plant medicine ceremony. Um, you of course have to approach that with a degree of respect and, and love and, uh, kind of understanding that that respect and love is always there is, is so hidden, uh, you know, in our Western culture, it's so hidden and it's, it's so unfortunate, but I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, there is a heck of a lot of meaning underneath everything that we're not just told about that, that isn't handed to us. So, it quite it makes me question everything that is handed to us like um like some of the different things in entertainment you know um different shows different uh songs songs is a, is a good one you know you want to talk about how meanings change in every piece of music that you've ever heard growing up from day to day um as you move on your journey i i don't know about you matthew but i've had some some experiences with music I've been listening to my whole life, like nineties alternative where I'll hear it today. And then the next day I hear it and I hear a completely different series of meanings within these words. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just, it's mind blowing and it's, it's kind of overwhelming, you know, and you set, set out on this path. Um, at first for me, it felt very lonely, uh, you know, very lonely when I wasn't tapping into it, I guess, effectively, um, I just knew it was there, but didn't know how to make sense of it and didn't know how to, to kind of participate, uh, within that space. And, uh, it's, it's weird. It's so hard to explain, which is why I'm trying to, to kind of grasp for, for meaning here. Um, there's this uh, behind the veil is the only way to, I guess, really explain it. Right. (laughs) But, um, so after, after heading out, out West, uh, and we'll, we're going to, switch back over here. I've got to end and then restart. Um, I want to get your, your, uh, your idea of, you know, what some of the, the underlying meanings that, that maybe you've come across recently. Um, there are a couple of songs that, that come to mind that I'll run by you here and see if you've had any, any on that aspect as well. But uh, yeah, I'll have to pop back with you. So thank you everybody for being patient Uh, Bear with us. We will be right back. All right. And we're back with Matthew and random Randy. Appreciate everybody's patience. But anyway, Matthew got long winded. Uh, You know, like I was explaining, it's kind of hard to articulate some of this stuff. And um, I guess it's just comforting to know that if people are on this road to, to enlightenment or illumination or growth, even um, that they might understand. So I think it's worth the effort to, to at least try, but yeah, wanted to see, um, you know, your, your perception on like, whether this place, this thing that we're living in, um, whether the, the purpose, uh, of this place is, is as simple as some of the, the awakening advocates are suggesting that, that this place is here. Uh, for us to experience and and grow through these troubles and and 
you know, tribulations and things like that. So I, I guess I wanted to ask you what your opinion is on, on that kind of side of things. I mean, that's been my experience. Um, you know, I'm on one level, it's, you know, it's a mystery that we're not going to know the answer to until we die. And, <clears throat> you know, to some extent, I'm comfortable with the mystery. You know, I'm also inquisitive and I kind of want to know, <laughs> right? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. And I, you know, often I find myself like I can't stop thinking about it. And then I realize, well, you know, a lot of what you were describing before and all its various aspects was really coming back into alignment with your intuition, you know, because we're up in our heads. We're thinking all of the time and trying to figure stuff out. I mean, we live in a you know materialistic paradigm, you know, scientism rules everything, right? That's what we're bumping up against constantly with this stuff. Um, and then as we begin to, you know, listen more to our intuition, um and to align ourselves with you know more subtle energies or you know divine calling listening listening to those voices that sort of thing then um we you know we realize again that you know, the the materialism the the scientism the you know the the rational thinking mind isn't really always our our friend right it's not always leading us where we need to go um, and there's different modalities. You know, we started talking about entheogens and, you know, this and that. There's, those are sort of, um, they're not incidental, but they're secondary, right? There's lots of, there's lots of paths up the mountain. Uh, and, and, you know, you've shared with me that you've gotten really into uh, meditation and that, you know, you receive information or downloads through your meditation. You even mentioned to me before that you have a sort of energetic purging process, Um and you talked about setting intuitions. Uh, um, I'm sorry, um, setting your intentions going into your meditation meditation practice, and all of that stuff is what I, you know, have um, learned about going, uh, getting involved with ayahuasca. You 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 set your intentions going into ceremony. There's a process of, um, you know, purging your clearing, clearing and being cleared of um, energies that are not serving you that are not aligned with you know more divine intention um and and then at the end of it and you even talked about integration like integrating these lessons and that's that's what we learn in ayahuasca sermons as well as is uh the integration aspect of it you can't always be meditating you can't always be doing ayahuasca. right yeah 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 dude spot on these are experiences and they could be profound but the idea of bringing and in, integrating you know, that download, that information, that aha moment, that like dreamlike, dreamlike, um, you know, when you're, you, you, you can enter into a state, you know, following your intuition, you can enter into states where you're more sort of open, you know, where the receiver valves are more sort of dialed up. Uh, but then what do we do with that? You know, and then we go back to our 3D reality, you know, our material realm where, you know, um, we have to interact to to get by, right? To live the day to day, to navigate traffic and take care of our our kids and pay our bills. And <laughs> right? Yeah, not not totally go off what some would consider the deep end, right? Um, right. <laughs> yeah, to become unmoored. Like, yeah, we want to bring those bring that information, those lessons into our day to day life, and hopefully, 
you know, raise things up. And if I had to like, guess what is, um, what is this enlightenment, you know, sort of moment that we're, you know, there seems to be like a kind of collective awareness that we're, there's some kind of awakening. Like, what is that beyond the woo and beyond the new age stuff right. beyond, you know, the charlatans and beyond all the distractions and diversions, someone trying to make a buck off it. What is it? It's like, well, I think that we're able, we're entering a period where we're and maybe it's because maybe paradoxically it's because of this technology and we're able to interact like this and find each other and reach out and have these kinds of conversations. It's sort of serving us um, in that way. And that's a good thing. Um, so maybe it's that we're able to just sort of elevate things just enough and like that reverberates outward just enough to sort of like bring things to a, a you know, to set the baseline of our day-to-day -day reality up a little bit. Again, paradoxically, at a time where we're just running into nothing but headwinds and chaos, yeah. where the rug's being pulled out from underneath of us. And so we can't trust, you know, we can no longer trust the the narrative, um, you know, that we've been given. Like, this is what real life is, or this is what a nation is, or this is what, you know, this is the stories that we grew up with are not, they're not right. serving. They're not, you know, right. Like, is it, is it patriotism or is it genocide? Right. Or, or, you know, like any of these, these aspects that we run into, uh, is it war or is it, uh, you know, a play, a giant play that we're watching or, um, any of these things is you can watch TV. Is this president, is this guy for real? You know, <laughs> like well, clown world we live in new stories. We're having to create, you know, a new narrative and, you know, it's a, it's an awesome time to be alive, to be, witnessing it and in some way participating in it. But for Absolutely. me, it's like, you know, I, I try to apply this stuff to, you know, my day to day, like how am I designing this building that I'm, you know, have the privilege of designing for this family or how am I, you know, interacting with my kids and responding to their, you know, to the chaos that they bring, you know, which is right. supposed to, cause they're kids. Right. But you know, how am I conducting myself as a father and what sort of example am I leaving for them? or giving to them, you know? Right. So it and, and yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really interesting. Um, you know, I, I feel like I wouldn't have the capacity to be the father that I am and that I, I need to be that, that my son deserves if it wasn't for the woo. Right. So, so mm -hmm. I see, I see that there's a need for, for certain narratives that contain, um, you know, base spirituality within them uh whether it be religion right uh christianity etc right um i i don't think i ever would have found kind of my path if i wasn't first kind of uh shown shown a method of of prayer even if it didn't serve me right a method of prayer or you know a method of ritual um or a method for seeing and understanding what love is and could be i i think was like the biggest part about the um you know the story of of Jesus Christ and the the lessons that are taught there and and these are very similar lessons that are taught almost all around the world you mm -hmm. know lo love your neighbor um you know materialism isn't necessarily the best thing for you so you know money is the root of all evil kind of these these understandings and these thoughts that are embedded in all of these religions um i think they're necessary right like for a starting point for for many of us, even if some of us like yourself and myself were were turned off by it to a certain extent and decided to go look at the opposite, like atheism of nothing, right? The the law of nothing. So we go from entertaining, you know, the law of one or you know, God to to a law of nothing. And 
um, you know, many of us uh, will will become stuck in the nothing side. Many of us will be stuck in the dogma of the religion. Uh, but meanwhile, there's this whole other aspect of of love and the world that unless we engage with each other, we're not going to see it. So like you're saying about the paradox of, you know, this device, divisive communication scenario we have right now. Um, if I had only had my intuition and only been going off of what I was receiving internally, or, you know, in, when you look at, um, like, uh, Oh, what do you call it? Um, occult practices or, or the practice of the hidden or the hidden truth or gnosis, right? Um, the concept of above actually means within. So um, coming to realize that relatively recently was really profound when I start realizing everything I've read <laughs> uh, from all these different religions and, and different aspects of, you know, humanity, they're always, there's always a reference of above you or, you know, to, um, you know, up in heaven or mm. so there's this the directionality that is of course you know opposite of the way it actually is is we're we're taught i mean i used to pray to the sky when i was younger all the time right um you know i've had been on my knees in the dirt praying to the sky because i'm thinking above right mm -hmm. and um turns out that that wasn't exactly correct at least for me and for everybody they're different right everybody's different but I'm finding out now that when I'm able to look at my intention and, and my attention and instead of thinking up and out, I just settle into within and it's like a game changer, an mm -hmm. absolute game changer to, to be able to step over that threshold has, has gone from like a real challenge to, well, I can, I can kind of integrate this. I can almost do some of these activities or these practices while I'm working during the day or, you know, mm -hmm. as long as it's mind numbingly, you know, <laughs> medial enough, like to where I'm really not thinking about, I'm just doing something. Um, mm -hmm. I, I can kind of integrate some of these, these methods in, in my day to day. And it's, it's beautiful. Cause I mean, I could be doing the nine to five grind and I'll tell you, man, uh, a certain part of me in the past had absolutely hated the grind, right? Absolutely hated getting up and serving somebody else's dreams, you know, my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, uh, un underneath okay. all of that anger and that angst that I had, uh, come to find out, I had no idea what my dreams were and mm -hmm. zero, zero, zero concept of where I'm going. What am I doing? Um, I've kind of always had a very minimalist kind of mentality when it came to success, if you want to call it that, or it came to finances, right? If I've mm -hmm. got what I need, I'm, I'm good. But, um, you know, apparently that wasn't correct because I found myself astray. But, um, you know, coming back from that, um, there's a concept that came up and is coming up in this awakening scenario. And it has to do with with aliens. Right. Um, it has to do with things outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And and I'm finally <laughs> beginning to make the connection as to what's being hidden within this language of of um you know and and this whole alien communication scenario um it's known as ce5 there's a dr greer out there uh who works alongside of some rockefeller brother <laughs> bringing these rituals and this practice to the world 
um, mm. with a certain lens, right? They'll go out to the desert, they'll go into a circle, they'll meditate, and they will essentially summon lights in the sky based on, you know, using their intention. Mm. And um, I had a situation uh, a little over a year ago where I did the same thing, went through the ritual, uh, set my intention, went out to a field and was able to essentially conjure lights in the sky. And somebody was there with me and they saw it too. So I know I wasn't just all internal. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I start to realize, wow, there's, a, there's some kind of a connection here between the within and without. And it seems like <clears throat> at that point, things start to click as above, mm -hmm. so below. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> you know, as within, so without. And you're like, wait a minute. So because, is it possible that because I decided that, hey, I'm going to see a light in the sky over here in this direction. Um, and then I do. <laughs> and I'm going to see a light in the sky over here in this direction. And I do. And mm. it's like, like mind blown, just completely blown. Didn't know what to make of it at first. I was still tuned into the whole concept of essentially aliens, right? I hadn't made the connection yet that, that this story is being retold. The story of angels, the story of demons, the story mm. of, of nowadays aliens, right? We have these dark aliens that are here to abduct people and do shifty things while you're asleep. And then we also have this other aspect of these savior type aliens that are, that are here to help and help usher humanity and into an awakened state and all of this. Right. Are you familiar with Graham Hancock's book, uh, supernatural? I haven't read it, but I'm familiar with his work. I, I love his work. I, well, I really respect what he does. That supernatural, this is what he discusses, is that, you know, at one time it was the fairies, it was the, you know, angels, and it was um, uh, now, you know, because of our sort of sci-fi paradigm, um, you know, our consciousness summons or interacts with uh, entities that we, you know, ascribe alien features to, in that sense, right? So it's it, it's sort of like the metaphor of our time. And, um, you know, when I think about it, it's the, you know, you find yourself in the desert and you focus your intention with, you know, somebody else um, and on a light appearing and a light appears. I mean, to me, that's, you know, it's a minor miracle in a sense. It's like, you know, Our Lady of Fatima, you know, you get thousands right. of people in a square expecting that the Mother Mary is going to visit them and she does. And that's the image that they see because that's what they're anticipating seeing. Their consciousness is, is it's it's not um it's beyond what they're just imagining it direct human consciousness is the most powerful force in the universe right and so, so do you think the the alien aspect is is kind of a misnomer in the sense that it's like um well if we tell people a ritual will will summon beings uh then we can avoid telling them that they're actually controlling this world with their hearts and minds right that we're actually imprinting on the world around us, uh, instead of allowing us to understand that we have that big of a effect mm -hmm. with our intention, um, they frame it as these are flesh and blood entities right. in a nuts and bolts ship. Um, and, and listen, you just called them in with your mind. Like this whole process that the Stephen Greer guy goes through is imagine where you are in the world. Right. And, you know, imagine, putting up a light beacon straight out of the top of your head. And it's very similar to the beam of light meditation practice that is, is out there that you can kind of uh, indulge in if you feel, you know, so 
so compelled. Um, so it's a very, it's, it's like an occult ritual, definitely. And this is what like kind of screamed, you know, shifty or, or just strange to me. It was like, wait a minute, this is like, like all right, communicating. And this is why some of the Christians or, or, or certain religions are like, well, these aliens are evil um, because there's only one God. And if you're communicating with anything else, then essentially they're under the assumption that it's all demons, right? <laughs> if it's not the one then it must be a demon so so there's that kind of spin being put on everything which is so unfortunate man um well that's why i kind of like you know if i was to return to christianity i'm a lot more open to you know thinking of like christ consciousness and and you know feeling trying to receive the love of jesus like i have a hard time even saying like i believe in god even though i've had enough of experiences that um i'm open to it. i just try to like i'm a little bit more just the uh, context that it's been portrayed in the world is is kind of a tricky yeah it's, kind of a tricky it's, thing it's, there's a lot of like unfortunate um baggage and, and so forth but when you kind of get through when you get through that and just you know um open yourself up to the love of jesus like whoa it's profound and it's pure absolutely it's like there's there's pure love that we can receive that's coming from a divine source, you know, from a creator, like there's creation, like all these uh, notions are, um, they're, they're wonderful. Um, yeah, but it's, it's clouded with a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> so right. Yeah. And, stuff. and I mean, look at even just the term occult, right? You speak with your average person and you say, yeah, I'm, I'm a occult researcher. They're going to go, what you're in a cult you know, you're satanic, <laughs> you know, like that's going to be the almost automatic assumption yeah. with most people. And it's like, no, no, listen, there's, there's meaning behind words, believe it or not, as much as our English language is just, <laughs> just shredded up and has no meaning behind it. There's, there used to be, it you know, means meanings hidden. behind the words. It just yeah. means hidden. Yeah. Uh, well, or same with esoteric. Say Catholicism is that why I like Catholicism is that, you know, they've got angels and demons, right? It's, there are there are um, en- entities, um, energetic entities that have like a good and a bad or positive and negative, uh, divine and you know a um, not so divine nature to them. Um, so it's not all. Um, where do we go here? Okay. Oh, you're all bringing right. up. Yeah, this. yeah. I'm just pulling up something really <clears throat> quick. You're you're speaking about Catholicism, and it reminded me of the Cathars. Uh, which is completely different for for the folks out there. But there was just there's this one sentence that you can uh, continue with what you were saying there. Um, but there's this one sentence that I wanted to show you in here, and it's it's in a it's in the Gnostic library uh, of Cathar writings, and it's the vision of Isaiah, and um, and basically he let's see if I can find it. Um, yeah, but there's this there's this this way that he's speaking of. Maybe it's not in this one. I don't know. I- either way, um, but it was just this really weird thing that I pulled up right before I was speaking with you. And, and basically, he's he's communicating with with a higher power or you know an angel or whatever. And uh, he gets to the point where where the the angels like communicating with him in in like a vision. And and the angel basically tells him, "Listen," or or the or the the power that you know spirit we'll call it spirit that's the easiest thing to do spirit spirit explains uh listen if i give you my name 
then you will not be able to enter your body again, which I, which I was like kind of blown away by um, because mm -hmm. there have been several meditations I've had where I'm curious as to what it is that is communicating with me because it very much feels like a communication, like a two-way communication, like, like a chat with a friend. I mean, it's, it's, it's become this comfortable, uh, this regular that, that it it's, if I didn't know any better, if I didn't know the underlying occult side of everything, I would swear I was crazy. And, you know, in the past I have gone to a psychiatric care facility due to some experiences that if I wasn't indulging in dumb stuff <laughs> at the time, I would have realized how profound these experiences were, but I just assumed that, oh, this must be a side effect, right? <laughs> this must be a side right. effect of something stupid I'm doing. So went and, and then explained myself to this, this poor woman who, you know, is part of the, the <laughs> Rockefellerian medicine system who has no idea what I'm talking about. She just thinks I'm crazy and she's ready to write that script and hand me some pills that'll, dull me up for forever right you could go away yeah yeah and and wouldn't you know it didn't <laughs> it didn't make it go away in fact it, it gave me some more internal insight by putting me in such a deep like must have been rem sleep that i was actually able to have further interactions and and so that's when i was like okay listen i i just mm. I, I gotta i gotta pick or choose a, a path here at this point, it was like, all right, do I consider myself materialist and insane or <laughs> do I look at it like like it's a possibility that I'm actually connected with something bigger than myself? And and this was on the tail end of my atheism, I guess you could say, yeah. you know, I was coming from a place of well, I don't believe in nothing. There's no proof. Everything is garbage in the world. I mean, look at they're dumping stuff in the sky, poisoning us. Why you know? would this happen? Sort of, yeah. <laughs> so so you know um but the the question that's always come to mind of course like anyone would probably have this question is when you're communicating um it, it goes from informal to at some point it becomes a formal conversation and you want to know who you're speaking with basically that's and very I, important. and i could and the only thing i knew about knowing who i'm speaking with is from horror movies right or exorcism movies like you got to have the name so that you can banish them so i don't know if that was my motive in in inquiring about the name or or what have you but it may have been one of them um but then i read this today and it was really interesting because i was meditating and by meditating people i don't necessarily mean going sitting on the ground saying um for an hour two hours i mean at a certain level when you learn to set your intention all you need to do is just quiet be in a quiet space for a few minutes and and you're kind of able to to get there to achieve something and you know unfortunately if you've never gotten to that point or never maybe had a little of assistance through plant medicine that that kind of breaks down that wall a bit and and definitely helps to to peer through a little um you know you may not you may not understand it i know i didn't understand it like i said a few years back i thought i was going crazy you know, and I think oh, it's unfortunate. I think a lot of people get to that point and they think they're losing their mind because they have reached a, a spot in their life where it's time to time to wake up. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's time to, you know, get with the not with the program you've been programmed, but it's time to get with a new program. And we fight about like we fight it, you know, and, and I think we inadvertently fight it. We've been 
programmed to to fight against this divine purpose you know and and it's uh it's so screwy but i so i pull up this cathar uh a book and and it was like a page that i had sitting on my on my open sheets um sometimes i'll go back and reread things to kind of gain a different understanding in a different day but this one was like i hit back on on a browser and and here i was looking at these these cathar notes and uh i just showed them a moment ago but yeah it, there's this phrase where where the spirit is essentially saying listen if i tell you my name uh you won't be able to go back to your body so you know i guess save that for another day right like save that for later on you'll get to that answer when you get there but just relax it's not for you yet right and uh and i think that that was important you know coming out of the meditation or the the moment of quiet that i was in earlier today um just prior to reaching out to you i was like well and i was thinking of aliens and catholicism because you can't help anymore but think of the pope when you think of aliens cuz you know how they're prepping for this alien uh divulgence right like the 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 pope is is contacting different universities to have studies done asking what people would feel like or what they would think if aliens existed right so there's this whole kind of weird integration and, and i think that this comes with that um transition from from the story of you know of medieval angels and like we were talking about uh, supernatural understandings like you know graham graham hancock talks about and how that shifted over to like the sci-fi understanding and um and and so it, it was just it was strange i come out of that thought and and i pulled that up and i had just had a thought earlier where something that i was in contact with call it a higher self and, and this is my favorite thing to say yeah i'm really talking to my myself i just don't remember that it's myself right <laughs> but um uh, so speaking with myself, I, I was uh, able to, in a, in a humorous way, I got a name, but it was it was clearly a joke. I was told uh, that the name was Sheila, <laughs> but, you know, I was like, aha, very funny. And, you know, I got a good belly roll out of that laying there quiet in my bedroom. So when you have those moments where something pops in and you can't help but laugh or feel love or feel feel some kind of way from a moment that by rights, if somebody was sitting next to you, standing in the same room as you, they would observe absolutely nothing. They would just see you laying there or sitting there and notice you get hysterical, <laughs> you know, in a split second afterward. So it's, uh, it's, it's tough to live in the material world we live in surrounded by others um, with this ongoing dimension of reality within us. Right. Like it's it's just it's crazy. Um, you know, I didn't know that until you kind of explained a lot about the process that you went through with your ayahuasca ceremonies. Uh, I didn't know that that there was such a similarity, I guess, between what I have learned and built um, kind of intuitively uh, over the last few years and and what kind of work is taking place kind of on a larger scale. Um, right. I find that amazing. And it's almost like that hundredth monkey effect, right? Uh, where, where, you know, it, human consciousness is a powerful thing. 
and you're and picking it's, up on stuff. And it, it definitely is. On you. <laughs> but why I was drawn to ayahuasca is, you know, I was going through a lot of different, you know, sort of introspections and, you know, internal being pulled again, you know, back to align with the divine because my life, you know, you know, it's just, it's life. It happens. Right. I'm not doing bad things. I'm just getting distracted and, you know, consumed by day-to-day events and stresses and sort of things like this, not being the person that I want to be and not, you know, being the type of father I want to be and, and stumbling around a little bit. Um, so ayahuasca availed itself to me, which I'm eternally grateful for because what I, what I came to realize is that um, it's it it comes with a container. You know, there's the there's the ceremonial aspect to it, which is extremely important. You set your intentions, you enter into ceremony. There's a process. There's a guide, your shaman or your practitioner. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate to um, you know find some really really solid people um, that are versed in the Shipi while they're um, studying uh, the Shipibo uh, tradition and um apprenticing with some shipibo shamans down in peru um and and i trust them um i really trust them fully they, they've gained my trust but so i didn't have to like go to the jungle and stumble around down there and make a bunch <laughs> of mistakes before figuring stuff out i got lucky and i would say you know maybe that's divine intervention or what have you i needed that at that time as a father, as a business owner, you know, um, I really didn't have time to make those kinds of mistakes anymore. And and so I got the guidance that I needed. And so, and, and so again, intentions, having a ceremony, the ceremony is held, it's like a container. And then out of that, um, you know, I, I was doing um, a mentorship, um, like integration workshop with um, one of the, um, one of the guides and so i'd check in with him every couple of weeks and you know how's the integration going and 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 it's the sort of thing that you know you have these aha moments um you know these profound experiences and downloads during a ceremony and it's like oh you know wow like i realized this thing i figured this thing out that i it's taken me years and like i've wasted all this time and then you go back to your life and it's like now it's time to like do the hard work and make those changes Right. And if you don't and you go, <laughs> you don't do that, then you go back to ceremony and you have to learn that lesson all over again. And sometimes it's really hard, man. You know, it's 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 not always comfortable. It's not always an easy path. Um, it's not for everybody. That's for sure. Sometimes it can be really like, you know, um, you know, Mother Ayahuasca can be uh, <laughs> kind of brutal sometimes. But at the same time, she's loving and compassionate. And oftentimes like they, they say that, you know, they won't she won't show you uh, what you're doing wrong without showing you how to fix it, that kind of a thing, you know? So yeah, it comes yeah. with this grace. Like you'll have, a, I've, I've had experiences where it's just been hours of like white knuckle, like, ah, I'm doing this all wrong. I'm messing this, you know, and um, doing this sort of life review process. And, but at the very end of it, it's like, and here's how to change things. And thank you. That's what I needed. Now I go yeah. back to, Yeah, and then you go back you go back to your to your real life grind and and uh then you have that choice to make right like then you have then you have that decision is your will you know still involved in the process right right yeah and and um you know that's part of uh kind of man it's it's incredible you know when i speak with folks that have had these experiences um just how, how how unified the kind of uh 
all the different modalities become right. Like there's some people that do their, their theta brainwave, like they'll, mm. they'll, they'll purposefully get in a state that's almost asleep yeah. and they'll do this periodically, sometimes numerous times a day. Right. Um, and they'll have a certain process that they do that. And so they go right into that little dream state right beforehand. Um, which I, I, I have a hard time getting, staying in that state. <laughs> I usually just I'm tired. I'll fall asleep all the way. Um, so, you know, I, I just went with the, the whole, um, ground myself. I've got a grounding pad. So my process is, is like ground myself, salutations, different directions, um, shaking off of a negative energy and then just a clearing of, of the head through like breath work. And, and then just usually at the end of that breath work, there'll be, it might only be a minute. It might only be two minutes, maybe less. It might be 10 seconds for all I know, but there's just a brief moment of profound, like you're saying, aha. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, uh, and then it seems like the rest of the day after that, I'm, I'm thinking about how, how do I, how do I adapt what I have going on to make room for this profound notion? Right. Um, or, you know, sometimes some of it will be, I need an outside confirmation on a certain topic, right? Like um, I was looking into, mm -hmm. into tarot and um, just was curious, you know, I'm curious about the divination because it seems to be a much more tangible material mm -hmm. means or method to have some of the experiences from what I've found out that, that I don't really need to, to actually use this because I have a different method that works for me. And, mm -hmm. you know, everybody has a different method that works for them. Tarot is one of them. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, like gematria or numerical significance, which is weird to say the least. I've had some numerical things happen in life uh, recurring. Um, and, and it seems to be on whether or not I'm focusing on it. Uh, primarily like the number 33 is, mm -hmm. is just making an appearance all the time in my life whenever I need to uh, have reaffirmed something that I have just picked up intuitively, mm. I, I will tend to, it'll, I'll tend to be shown like, mm. Oh, there's, there's the note, like a second after I'm having the thought in some random fashion, middle of a movie, you know, of course it's embedded, <laughs> you know, 33 is embedded in a lot due to Freemasonry, you know, the occult, et cetera. But um, it's just something that my mind has learned that I recognize, or my heart has learned that I recognize. And, and so, so, yeah, so it, it pops up and it was kind of like that that bubble situation that I ran into with the Joe Rogan podcast. It was an outward affirmation that there is something to this internal world. And mm -hmm. then, you know, meeting folks like yourself, Whitney Fox, for example, I spoke with her. Um, there's some profound things happening in this world right now. And we're all we're all in for whether you want to look at it as like garbage clown world or you want to look at it as a major shift of consciousness and understanding happening that not everybody's on board with. So some of those people that aren't on board with it yet, and I say yet because there there's always time, there's always time, <laughs> but yeah. uh, so they're not on board with it yet. Um, they need this entertainment. They need that material aspect uh, with that subliminal encoding there so that their minds can absorb that. And then later on when they're ready, they can they can ref, you know refer back to some of that subliminal coding, so so maybe it's not all bad is what I'm I guess I'm trying to say. Here comes that Stockholm syndrome again, right? Um, maybe a lot of what we're seeing as predictive programming and and that sort of thing in media, maybe a vast majority of it 
really isn't uh, malevolent, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, but that's that's the thought that comes to mind. And, and I think I've been programmed to feel like that makes me some form of a shill for feeling that way. And, uh, you know, we're some form of a part of the system, <laughs> you know, uh, for feeling that the subliminal coding that's in our media is anything but bad. You know, you, you speak with people that are new to the awakening, um, you know, they'll tell you, uh, mm -hmm. uh, predictive programming is a negative thing and they only push negative agendas with it. I, I beg to differ. And that that's just my thought on, on that anyway. And I, I hope that folks out there, if you've got a thought, drop it in the comments, let us know. Um, but I want to say much love to you, Matthew. Thank you so much for getting on with me and, and diving into this. It's so cool to know that, uh, you know, we're not in this alone basically. And, uh, and you know, that, uh, that we're here and we're on the ride and we're, we're, uh, awake in the journey and we're actually, you know, involved. And thank you so much for Matthew for being involved and, and for being involved with me here tonight and, uh, you know, much love to you and yeah. we'll go ahead and, uh, we'll wrap this up if I can't figure out how that goes let's go here and thank you everybody for tuning in and bearing with me very difficult to explain 